Father, Father, again, you see us right where we're at. And Lord, right now we just want to we just want to physically just take the mask, Lord, that we've placed over us as a way of protecting us, but it's also blocking you out. And we just want to lay that aside. Lord, thank you that you see us just as we are, and as you look at us, you do not turn your head. Lord, you look at us with the joy of a father who loves us. But thank you, Lord, that you don't want to leave us just as we are because, Lord, we're created in your image. Lord, your son was the firstborn of many. And your son is the example. He is the image that you are transforming us into. And so we just say yes to that, Lord. We say yes to being transformed into your image, Jesus. That we would be your vessels. And so we just invite you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We're not a large crowd, but we're bigger than what I can possibly speak to. But the Lord, somehow, some way, He's able to speak to each one of us right where we're at. And I really sense the Lord saying this morning that that's what He wants to do. He sees what's going on in your heart. He hears your questions that are coming out. And He wants to respond. Even the anger, even the sarcasm that comes out, He gets it, He understands, and He wants to respond to it. You know, He's not like our fleshly parents who uh, struggle with the flesh and pride and get upset about things. He is God. And, And He is not intimidated. He doesn't lack anything. And so therefore, He can speak directly to us in the way that we need to hear. But here's the thing. We must be open to it. The Lord wants to speak to us, but we must be open to it. You know, one of the things that we see in Scripture is that when the Pharisees would come to Jesus uh, and they would ask Him questions, He understood that their motives weren't actually to get answers. Their motives were actually to pin Him as a heretic. To pin him as somebody that did not have authority to be doing what he was doing. And because of that, he didn't share with them the things that they needed. Now the thing is, the reason I share that is because much of the church is doing that. And we have many teachers who are actually uh, promoting that mindset And it's easy to fall into, and I just want to say that not only is it wrong, but we miss out on so much. God's Word that He gives us. God's Word uh, is filled with things that He uh, wants to give us. God's Word is filled with warnings of things that we need to watch out for. God's Word is filled with examples of people who walked with Him. But God's Word is not filled with every step that you need to take 
today. He's given you directions. He's given you boundaries. Okay? But hear, hear what I'm saying. When you look at Scripture, what you see is examples all through Scripture of God speaking directly into people. You take Paul, okay? Uh, the early missionaries. The Lord directed them. Go here. Okay? And when they would try to go somewhere that He didn't want them to go, what did He do? He pushed them the other way. But here was the thing. He was open to hearing. Well, not at first. (laughs) Until He saw a light. But before then, He wasn't hearing from the Lord because quite frankly, He wasn't open to it. And so my question to you is, are you open to it? You know, recently... A week ago, I shared that my wife and I were able to get away for a little while. And uh, anytime that we go away, we always write these notes for the kids, okay? Because there's certain things that they need to take care of for us. And so, you know, we write and so on. Um, Which, what we shared with them should have been fine for the first few days. But that last day that we were away, temperatures here plummeted. And when you have a farm and temperatures plummet, Uh, below freezing, all of a sudden, there are a lot of things that have to be done that didn't have to be done beforehand. And so because of that, I called home and, and gave some new directions. Now, what if the person who answered the phone said, Oh, no, I don't, I don't need to hear from you. Uh, you already wrote some things down here, so, uh, you know, I really don't need to talk to you. Can you imagine? I'd be like, what, what? I can't write everything down that is possibly going to come your way. And so, although God's Word uh, supplies what we need and we never go against it, God's Word does not supply every little thing that is going to come against you and and every way that the enemy is going to speak to you. um, And you're not going to be able to see it anyway because you're in the middle of it. And so what God wants to do is He wants to speak into our life, but we've got to be open to that. And so this morning what I want to do is, I want to look at a couple of scriptures that just speak to the reason that we need to be open to that, first of all. Before we even get into how's He really go about it, I want to talk about why we really need it. So first of all, let's go to the book of Romans Uh, beginning at the end of chapter 11 in verse 33. uh, We're just going to capture a couple verses there, and then we're going to move into chapter 12 and capture a couple verses there. Um, Just to give you a little context here, Paul in this letter has been sharing just the amazing plans of God in these first 11 chapters of Romans. He's talking to the church, and he's just really sharing about how God um, you know, worked through His people, Israel, but then He went beyond that. Um, and he just, he just brings all of this together. And at the end of it, here's what He has to say. He, has, he says in verse 33, Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand His decisions, and His ways. It is impossible for us to understand His decisions and His ways. And so even as we have Scripture that lays out a lot of His decision, 
and tells us a lot about His ways, we can read through that and without revelation from the Holy Spirit, we don't get it. It's clear over and over again, as, he, as Jesus uh, encountered the religious leaders, you know, He talked to them about how they would look to the Scripture rather than looking to God, and they weren't able to understand it. I've talked before about how much of the evangelical church, um, as crucial as Scripture is to us, and it is absolutely crucial, we do not go against it. As crucial as it is, the Scripture does not replace Holy Spirit. That is nuts. Again, that would be like my kids saying, I don't need to hear from you. I've got this little note that you left me. Are you kidding me? No. There is so much more that I need to share with you. And so it is with God and our lives and understanding His ways. He says here, it is His wisdom and His riches and His knowledge are so amazing that it is impossible. But here's the beauty. The beauty is is that through the revelation of the Holy Spirit, we're able to understand things that are far beyond us. You know, I want to give you an example here. When you think about Job, and you think about the book of Job, okay, first of all, you have this scene where Job's going through these things and he doesn't get it. And then you have his religious friends that show up. And they start giving him all of this advice that is based on their knowledge and their experience. And at the end of the book, we find out that it it doesn't meet his needs. And it really doesn't explain what God's doing. What does Job need? Job needs to hear from God. But here's the interesting thing. When he does hear from God, what does God do? God doesn't come in and say, well, Job, here's what I was doing. God comes in and He says, Job, who are you to question me? And then He begins to explain how great He is. And instead of Job going, yeah, yeah, but you're not answering my questions, Job bows down in worship and says, you are God. And essentially, I trust you. And God blesses him. And God shares that book with us because that's what He's looking for from us. He's looking for hearts who will bow down before Him and say, you know what, God, I don't get it all. I don't get all the decisions that are happening. I don't get all of your plans, but I trust You and I bow before You and I give myself over to You. And because of that, Job was blessed. So he goes on here in verse 34, he says, For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give Him advice? And who has given Him so much that He needs to pay it back? These are rhetorical questions. The answer is no one. For everything comes from Him and exists by His power and is intended for His glory. Everything is intended for His glory. You and I are intended for His glory. But here's the thing. We have this sin nature. We have this sin nature that is all about us and all about our glory. And if God is truly going to use us for His glory, there is a radical transformation that He must do. 
And we're going to read about that in these upcoming verses. A radical transformation. Now, when I say transformation, that word is key because transformation doesn't mean reformation. Some of us think that we just need a reformation in that we're pretty good. We just have a few things that are a little off. And if we could add Jesus to our lives, we could kind of reform that and then we'd be good. Listen to me. No. No, no, no. No, you are... You, you are created in God's image, okay? But, but there is something radically wrong inside called sin. And that's all of us. Now the good news is, God's able to set us free and transform us. But we've got to understand that it's radical. It's not us adding Jesus. It's us literally dying to ourselves and God coming in and radically changing Now, if you're open to that, God will do it. Life will be unbelievably exciting because what God will do through you uh, will blow your mind. It will blow your, it will be beyond the things that you can think. But if you think that you just need a little reformation, what you're going to become is one of the religious leaders that we see in Scripture. And you're going to think that you pretty well have a grasp on a lot of things. And what's going to happen is, life is going to become really boring. Worship is going to become really boring. I just want to say to you, if you're in that place, and you feel like you have a good grasp on things, and things are really boring, there's some radical change that needs to take place. Radical change. Because when you really embrace the Lord and open yourself up, I mean, when you look at Scripture, I mean, the journeys that God took people on, it's mind-blowing. When you really put yourself into their situation, now if you just read through and you're just flipping page after page and really not taking it to heart, you know, whatever. But when you put yourself into those shoes and you live through those things, what God does is phenomenal. And is this all that He ever did? Didn't even touch it. Matter of fact, the Scripture says just of Jesus, if they were to record all that He did, the world couldn't hold it all. That's just Jesus in His short life. And so what I want to say to you is, what God has done through people is just phenomenal and He's given you a taste of it so that you will know what it is to walk with Him. The question is, do you want to walk with Him? Romans chapter 12, verse 1. He goes on and he says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. So here's what he's saying. You're in a place where it is impossible to understand God and His ways. He is so far out there. But the thing is, is that God wants to use you to bring glory to Himself. But if that's going to happen, you're going to have to get radical. And you're going to have to say, God, I am completely yours. Not God, I see some good things in you. I think if I add you to what I'm already doing, we could make a really dynamic team. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, will you lay it down? Lay it all down. Lay your plans, uh, your giftings, everything, and, and only pick back up what God says to He goes on and he says, let them be a living and holy sacrifice. A living sacrifice. Now, many times when we think about sacrifice, we think of something that's dead. 
Well, there is a death that takes place, but it's a death that's to ourself. But to be a living sacrifice is to go on living, but we are no longer in control. And when we go there, life gets really exciting. Again, if you maintain control, (coughs) life gets really boring. It's just because... There's just so little that we are able to understand and comprehend. And when we step in and we allow God to use us, it's just phenomenal. When you think about Paul, for instance, okay, who wrote this letter and all that God has done through him, do you think that Paul, as God was using him, understood all that was happening? No way. He knew that God was using him. Did he know that all that God was doing through him? No way. He was just responding to the Holy Spirit and allowing God to use him. And that's what he asks of every one of us. He says, I want you simply to respond to me, and I'm going to use you in ways that you don't even see. Ways that you may not see until you're face to face with the Lord, and the Lord begins to show you all that he used you for. Right now, there are people in your life that are watching you. They're watching you. And they're looking for some of the answers to their questions through your life, and you don't even know it. You're, you're not even, they're not even on your radar. But here's the thing. You, you don't have to carry the weight of that. All you have to do is say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to just respond to you and just trust that you're going to do amazing things that I can't even imagine. You see what I'm saying? So I'm not saying carry that burden and be like, oh no, oh no, who's watching me? Who's watching me right now? But it's exciting. Because of all that God can do through you. So he goes on, and in verse 2 he says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. How are you going to know God's will for you in your life? The only way for that to happen is to allow God to radically transform you to the place that you literally think differently. I want you to hear something here, okay? We're talking about God and all of His knowledge and all that we lack. God doesn't just want to give you knowledge on top of the knowledge that you have. He literally wants to readjust your thinking and the way that you see life. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, there is a radical transformation that has to take place. Because if we are not to copy the customs and behaviors of the world, it doesn't just mean going to the Sermon on the Mount or something and looking or the Ten Commandments and saying, okay, He says don't do this and do this. He's not just talking about that. In order for us not to really follow the world, we literally have to think differently. How does that happen? Only God can do it. But I'm telling you, He can do it and He can bring about a freedom. I I already shared this in Sunday school, but it just, you know, it grabbed me. Um, We... uh, uh, Spences and, and us were uh, over in St. Louis uh, last night, and we were in heavy traffic. 
And as we're in heavy traffic, I don't know, there's multiple lanes. We're trying to get over into this lane that we need to be. And if we can't get into this lane, I mean, you know how it is in the city. I mean, you, you may end up in Timbuktu. You've got to get over in this lane. Well, the semi comes up behind us. And he's got another lane that he can get around us, but he decides he wants to go through where we're at. And so he gets mad and he starts honking his horn. You know, you need to get out of the way because we're in the way. And then as he find, we get over and he goes by, he, he tells us, you're number one. <laughs> and <clears throat> I, I just, here's what's so interesting to me. Because for a long time, I had a serious problem with this kind of stuff. I mean, I've literally been in places where I've, I've, I've basically been ready to die or kill because somebody told me I was number one on, on, on the highway. I'm not, I'm not joking. I've literally been there. I, I was fully prepared to die or take somebody out. Okay. I don't know if that's the enemy or the Lord right there. <clears throat> But, yeah, somebody's talking. But here was what was so interesting. All of those things that, that just naturally would have risen out of me, out of pride and all that, that you will not disrespect me, it just didn't bother me at all. And I actually looked at the guy and I just thought, that is so sad. Because I've been in that guy's shoes, and that guy is going to be mad for the rest of the day at least. I mean, he's going to have trouble going to sleep tonight thinking about how mad he was because he couldn't drive through the lane he wanted to when he wanted to. You see what I'm saying? But for that to happen, it wasn't because Kirk became smart one day. What had to happen was God had to go in and deal with some serious pride issues inside of my heart and show me how messed up it was. And through that, there's been some freedom brought. But it took an absolute revolutionizing of the way that I think and see the world for so long. And I can still get to that place, okay? Where you're just going fast and you're trying to get to nowhere in record time. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so many of us live life that way. i got to get here. Why? I don't know, but i got to get here and i got to get here by this time. And we live life like that. Instead of just getting up and saying, God, today is your day. God, what do you have planned for me? You know, I often say that ministry is a series of interruptions. And when I first began ministry, that was really annoying to me because I am a planned person. And if you're not on the docket, tough. But you know what? That's not how Jesus, that's not how Jesus worked his life. When you look at Scripture, Scripture says that Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit. He only did what He saw and heard from His Father. That's how He lived. And is my business more important than His? <laughs> no. My business should be His business. And so what God asks of every one of us is that instead of getting up and saying, okay, here's my checklist, here's what I'm going after, we say, God... I lay it down here, and I just say, you lead me. And we've got some boundaries in the midst of that, right? Yeah, sure we do. But we still say, God, you lead me. 
And all of this is important because we're getting to this place where we, we hear from the Lord. But if we don't have the understanding that you absolutely desperately need to hear from the Lord every day, every moment, you, you're just not even going to listen for this. You're going to woo. You're going to scream right on by on your way to nowhere. And God wants to humble our hearts in such a way that we would be open to hearing from Him. Are you open to that? If so, God wants to speak into your heart. Now, I had planned to go into Corinthians. We're not going to go into there, okay? We're going to go into there next week, I think, as far as I know. Unless God has other plans. But we're going to go there. But, but again, the thing is, do you have a hunger in your heart to hear from Him? If you do, He wants to speak into you. And He not only wants to speak into you, He wants to use you to speak into others. We need His voice. If you're hungry, He wants to speak. Father, thank You. Um, thank You that You are so vast and knowledgeable, first of all, because it brings such a sense of security in our hearts. Because You are in control. As we look in Romans, that's what we find. Lord, You're in control. In the midst of all of this chaos, Lord, as we turn on the TV and we see and hear different things around us, it is absolute chaos, but somehow, You are in control. And in the midst of our own life, Forget about the world for a second. When we look at our lone life, it looks like chaos. Lord, we make bad decision after bad decision. And the crazy thing is, is that when we look in Your Word, we see that You brought glory to Yourself <laughs> and You brought a masterpiece out of absolute brokenness over and over again. You can not only do it in an individual life, you can do it in a community, you can do it in a nation. But Lord, if we're going to be a part of this awakening that You're bringing, that You're bringing here, that You're bringing throughout the world, it starts in us. And it doesn't start through us adding some things to, to the vast knowledge we already have. It comes through us laying down our hearts and our minds and saying, God, You have Your way. And so, Holy Spirit, I just ask that You would move upon Your promise that upon broken people who will humble themselves, that You would come in and You would exalt and You would lift up and that You would transform us, Lord as you want to do. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Would you come and would you move among us? Thank you, Jesus. If you would stand, please.